you seekers, explorers and renegades out there, welcome to another episode of the Alchemy Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Lemke. Holding a conversation with someone on a contentious topic that uh, runs the risk of triggering either party in the discussion and allowing us to do so with compassion and empathy for each other, that is what uh, Courageous Conversations is all about. Looking at society today with all the divisions we have, it is quite apparent that having courageous conversations is a skill that we've lost as a society. And it is truly a skill. It is a practice that we build up over time, being able to observe ourselves and control our own reactions and our triggers when we are in that space and at the same time being able to maintain that connection with the other party and being able to hold empathy for that other person's ideas. Here it is, today's conversation about courageous conversations. Those who make conversations impossible make escalation inevitable and this comes from uh, Stéphane Molyneux and when we talk about courageous conversations we are talking about having conversations that are deep and are can be contentious but uh, so we we are of differing opinions or we have different standpoints but we are courageous enough to step into those conversations with authenticity and There are so many cases now where people have a tendency to kind of go into conversations and tell, I'm a person who tells my truth, and that's just who I am. And, you know, I don't care about, well, the the kind of undertone to that is, I don't care how anybody reacts to me, I'm just going to tell my truth, which is true. I mean, I do propagate and suggest that we we don't take things personally and we don't we don't uh, necessarily base our the way we are on other people's reactions but then again if we have no conscious uh, idea of who we are then we show up oftentimes in our core wounding and that's not a pretty sight. So we don't. We want to be able to take care of all of those issues first before we go out and telling our truth. Because if we go out and tell our truth just willy-nilly, then that is going to be a hard lesson for us to learn. So we want to avoid that. Uh, so the drop the mic. Uh, situation that's uh, that's what we want to get away from (laughs) because that is just i'm going to give you my opinion i don't care about yours and i'm going to walk away right so uh, when we're thinking about conversations and courageous conversations we have to think of it from a perspective of sending and receiving so i am a receiver of information or opinions from someone else and i am one sending out so it's once we realize that we can eliminate the distance that we have from someone else and understand that 
I have an internal experience relating to this conversation and the person I'm talking to or the people I'm talking to have their internal process. And uh, as we've talked about so many times before, the you know reality is in the eye of the beholder. So my reality in in the conversation is going to be based on uh, my experiences and where I come from, and you know what I've what my core wounding and all of those things, right? So when we are moving through this understanding that it's sending and receiving then we can eliminate that distance we have to the other person and we'll go into some of these bases of uh, uh, of the com uh, four courageous conversations uh, in a minute here so when we are yeah so when we're looking at the basis of courageous conversations we are looking at having awareness for one's own core wounds because conflict and escalation happens at the level of the core wound and just to remind everybody core wound is essentially uh, the trauma or the wounding that you've received in your uh, programming and your conditioning uh, from a childhood basically how you, uh, you were raised or how you were communicated to as a child and so forth, your experiences uh, surrounding that. And it's, you know, your siblings might have a, had a totally different experience. That doesn't matter. It's your experience that matters. Um, so whatever you perceive from your experience, that is your experience. Now, that is going to play into every experience you have so it's going to come into every experience and so when we have these conversations with people uh, it does behoove us to be fully aware of our core woundings because then we can also understand what is going to trigger us uh, so of course awareness of when we are being triggered because if we don't have that awareness we are going to act out from our core wounding because we're stuck in our heads and if we're able to observe our own experience and our own emotions or that come up then we're able to catch them and we can then say decide how we are going to act out uh, from the different uh, uh, from the different triggers that come up and i'm going to go into all of these uh, in more detail as we move along, but just kind of want to go through the basis for, or the, the platform for courageous conversations, and then uh, we can go on from there. And of course, as always, look at your experience with compassion, acceptance, forgiveness, and gratitude. So when you're being triggered, go through that and really look at, okay, well, what is this conversation about? You know, where am I standing? What am I learning about it? How am I connect, connecting with the other person? And so forth and so forth. Uh, you know, looking at what is the intention or, or the mutual intention of the conversation. If one party is there to win, then it's going to be very challenging because that means one of you is going to lose. Uh, so setting a, or having that uh, same goal, which is a desire to connect and learn about each other or oneself, 
and to not necessarily have a need to move away from the experience uh, with a resolution, but rather an understanding that is sufficient enough. Of course, if it is something that needs there needs to be a decision made, uh, then working towards that uh, solution and uh, that is going to be the, the most right or the the kind of have the somewhat of a an agreement between the two of you or uh, between the parties, right? But at some point, you know, we, we all have to, perhaps there is someone who's not going to like it at all. And then we have to look at, or look at, um, not going to like the decision that is being made. If someone has to make a decision, um, then, uh, you know, you have to look at, okay, well, how are we dealing with that? How are we showing up? If I'm the one who's, the decision goes against, if you like, uh, how am I dealing with uh, with that experience, and how am I showing up um, with the other people? Am I triggering? Uh, is my my self esteem triggered, or my sense of self triggered, and so forth? And just being able to dive into that uh, is part of the uh, the courage here, right? Also, looking at uh, uh, being authentic now. Authenticity is a tricky one uh, because this is where a lot of people come off with the idea that I'm authentic and I'm just going to say it how I see it and that's how it is. And they're, they're using their authenticity as the, uh, uh, as the uh, kind of their support, if you like, or their excuse of being rude. Uh, a holes <laughs> and uh, so and then also another basis i find very useful is the four agreements and we'll go through that i'm sure most of you know what it is but we'll go through that anyway so looking at the first item there to be aware of our own core wounds when we are uh, as i've explained many times before, if we are stuck in our heads, we are going to react from a place where the wounding occurred. So if we have something triggered from the age of five, we are going to react as that five-year-old because that we kind of revert to that place and time and to that we respond or we kind of go back into that corresponding fear that is being triggered. So being aware of that process, and that's why many times, you know, when people get angry and they're stuck in their heads and they're reacting from that five-year-old, they don't have that sense of control that you would expect from an adult because they, they are no longer reacting from an adult's perspective. They're reacting from a five-year-old's perspective. And so having these blind spots is one thing we need to be aware of. And being able to kind of uh, go into understanding what the, you know, our process and what in psych, uh, psychotherapy training, we're oftentimes, and even uh, when we do 
practice psychotherapy and work with our supervisors, um, then we're all, always talking about what is my process. Because you might be triggered by something in the session. As a therapist, you can be triggered by something in the session and being able to uh, reflect on that and understand what your process is surrounding that. That is valuable because that you can take, you can then bring that to therapy yourself and work through that. Or you can bring it to your own uh, practice, whatever it may be, uh, meditation or what have you. Um, but those are all valuable uh, commodities for you to be able to work through your own process. Then, of course, always looking at what is my motivation for uh, doing things or acting or saying or thinking things? Where does it come from? What is my motivation? So question our motivation. Um, am I... You know, it, it might be something very benign in how I respond to someone, but suddenly that person is reacting very, uh, very strongly to what I said. Now, did I feel that they were going to react that way and I just wanted to put them out of balance? Or was was I completely unaware of that that was uh, that that was going to happen? Or so what was my motivation for saying that particular thing that set the other person off? Um, because that will then help us build that uh, kind of control uh, over what we say, think, and do, right? I'm just going to take a moment here. There was some uh, chatter going on. I'm going to take a moment to just read through. So how to communicate in a world where there are so many have triggers. Yeah, well, that's one of the, the problems, isn't it? Uh, we have to accept that a lot of people have triggers. And we have to accept that we have triggers ourselves. And when we are communicating and we feel that we're communicating from a, a state of authenticity and we'll go into this when we're looking at authenticity but really understanding are we communicating from authenticity are we uh, what is my authenticity and knowing that authenticity is something that evolves over time right so it's i think just communicating based on what you feel deep down is right, that will then, and then you can just say, well, this is, this feels right to me. I, if you run through the process, you looked at your motivation, you looked at, okay, is this coming from my, uh, from my core wounding? always looking through all these uh, different uh, states or stages, if you like, within yourself. And when you come up without any trigger or anything that says that it's coming from anywhere else but your authenticity, then you, you're just going to have to be fine with what you said, right? But also understand that are you saying something to the benefit of you or are you saying something to the benefit of someone else? Now, 
just because we had knowledge or we we if we are for example uh, i know there's in america you have um, uh, these medium shows where they run around and they give messages to people in supermarkets and stuff like that from their dead relatives um and uh, sometimes you know that is not necessarily welcomed uh, so knowing when you are supposed to share some information listening to your intuition being in tune with yourself is uh, also going to help guide you towards what is going what what you need to uh, what you should share or shouldn't share right i yeah i was just making sure because I was writing down about the four agreements. So yep. are we just we you just uh, told us about uh, the two, the first two. No, agreements. the four agreements. I I will go through that in a minute. Um, uh, okay. I'm just so going we, through the uh, kind of the more general. detail, the basis for courageous conversations. So the be aware of your wounds and your triggers, uh, like the blind spots, and yeah, the, those on to the four agreements. It 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 uh, waves into the four agreements, or it's not uh, no. The four agreements are different. They're uh, based on the work of uh, uh, Don Miguel Ruiz, uh, mm. and you can read the book, The Four Agreements, which is uh, mm -hmm. very worthwhile. But uh, I'll go through those in uh, more specific city okay. as we go go along here. Okay, thank you. All right, cool, there. Um, yeah, sometimes harmony. We can exist in harmony with disagreement. We don't have to agree with each other to be in harmony. To be in harmony is ability to connect and empathize with each other's thoughts and ideas and emotions. So harmony is when we can connect deeply. So just answering that question there. And... When we are having conversations, check in with your vibrations, check in with your frequency. Are you feeling good? Are you feeling stressed? Are you feeling anxious? Are you feeling fearful? Are you feeling uh, guilty? What is the feeling that you embody in a conversation? If you are feeling the lower vibrations, then perhaps you are bringing up core wounding in up to the surface and that's a beautiful thing because then now you're allowing yourself to reveal them now it might be time to go and have a chat with you know a psychotherapist or something like that or go and talk to a friend who uh, can listen and be empathetic with you but or are you are you feeling uh, kind of level of acceptance and love and connection with this person that you have a conversation with, then you are connecting deeply. So trust how you feel, because how you feel is going to show up depending on what level you're at in the connection. Now, if you're feeling fear, then you're going to be disconnected. So now how can you uh, connect uh, more with the person that you're having conversation? And we'll look at that too. But being able to tap into feeling that the level of vibration and frequency will allow us to uncover uh, the uh, core wounding as to what aspect of ourselves 
uh, is showing up in that particular conversation. Now, triggers are closely intertwined with our core wounding and being able to observe the triggers as they happen will allow us to have a a conversation that is going to be at a uh, conscious level, right? So the quote in the beginning, those who make conversations impossible make escalation inevitable. And that is when we are constantly triggered and we are stuck in our head being triggered, then we are in defense mode, constant defense mode. So anything being said to us, we are, it doesn't matter if it's logical or not, or if it has any (laughs) purpose in the conversation, we are going to defend ourselves left, right, and center. And then we are going to, then we make escalation inevitable because conversation is no longer possible. We are simply there to defend ourselves, not to have a conversation and seek to uh, have understanding. And the understanding should really be the ultimate goal. If there's a resolution, fantastic. But understanding is the key aspect here. And of course, being able to manage those triggers when they come up, when they, you know, they trigger the emotion, the emotion comes up, what do we do with it? Do we act out from it? So if we have guilt coming up, do we spew out some angry words to placate our own guilt? Or do we simply say, that doesn't feel good? and express out into the conversation, this is how I feel. I wonder why that is. Because if you are being vulnerable at that level, that allows, invites whomever you're talking to to be vulnerable as well. They might not accept that invitation, but at least you send it out. Again, remember, this is sending and receiving. You can send it out, but they don't, whomever you're having conversation with doesn't have to receive it. And also keep in mind that looking at how well do you receive? Are you receiving the triggers and not none of the invites to connect? Well, then that's something to review, isn't it? Uh, let's see, I'm just going to look at the chat here again. Absolutely, and we, we have a, uh, a comment here that when we uh, claim the core wounding, trauma, blame, shame, and etc., absolutely, we don't want to use that as an excuse. Absolutely, but we want to be able to identify it so that we can work with it, so we can heal it, and knowing that it's there. And we don't necessarily want to go out and say, well, I was abandoned as a child, so therefore I don't need to accept what you're saying, right? That's just having an excuse. That's just uh, a cop-out, if you like. Of course, if one chooses to do that, that is one's own own choice. But uh, we want to use our understanding of ourselves as we reveal ourselves to ourselves in that uh, context as a means to 
understanding ourselves, to learn about ourselves. Because uh, as you know, I always say that the com- reason we show up in life is to experience ourselves and learn about ourselves. So knowing what is it that I can learn about myself in this experience will then help us to grow in every uh, with every opportunity. So again, looking at the uh, managing those triggers, and again, what we can control are is nothing on the outside. We can't control the people we're having conversations with or whether they're being contentious or whatever they may be. There might be someone who's just looking for a fight because they are hurting so badly inside. And they'll continuously try to escalate things just to escalate it, just to have make themselves feel better to kind of get that off their chest, if you like. Now, if we're conscious about it, we can stay at the same level because if you don't escalate anything, there's not going to be any escalation. It'll stay at the same level because there's nothing to step up from. So if we can be conscious enough to keep it at one level, when that person has then exhausted all opportunities to escalate, we can then come in and say, ask a question. How are you feeling? What is frustrating you? Right? And we can then approach it from that level and uh, gain an understanding. Then they will hopefully feel that you're, hope, you're looking to engage with them from an authentic level and not feel threatened by it. They may feel that, oh, they're just trying to get information about us, and that's fine. Then we can take that into consideration and move on from that. So there, we can use all these different situations to learn about ourselves and others. Faz, go ahead. Hi, thank you. Um... Thank you for what you've just mentioned there, Chris, in terms of like someone just looking for a fight because <laughs> I had somebody this morning um, who brought something up from the past and I thought we'd already totally discussed it and totally sorted it out and then they just brought it out of nowhere and there was me like, whoa, wow, do you know what I mean? Like I thought, okay, I think this person really wants to get into <laughs> into like you said, you know, like a fight or kind of like wants to err uh, it out. Um, and it feels like from last time, from all this time ago, it seems like they've still not let it all out. Although at the time it was like, yeah, all sorted, all good, all good and well. So I feel like that person still has a lot of things to release mm-hmm. in regards to the situation. So, yeah, I mean, for me this morning, I was just like, oh, um, I really didn't want to get involved. I didn't want to entertain the conversation. So I just said a few liners, which were pretty um, calm liners. Um, But yeah, I mean, should I just let that, should should I be more curious now? Because I know I could have gone into that hole. I know I could have just asked a specific question mm-hmm. and I know it's going to lead to a rabbit hole. So for me, it's like, do I do I ask the question and be more curious so it's totally, totally out and released from them? Or do I just leave it there? Well, I think you're the only one who can answer that question really by listening to your 
be discerning in, with your intuition. If your intuition tells you to stay away from it, then stay away from it. But you can, mm. for your process, uh, perhaps there's a message in this for you that perhaps you can understand the process of forgiveness. So clearly this person has not uh, exercised forgiveness and hasn't been able to gain the uh, gratitude of understanding what this situation that you guys experienced a long time ago uh, has given them. So now it's coming up, it's being triggered. So when we have these triggers, you know, it could be emotions, it could be feelings, it could be memories that come up and the memories can then trigger the emotion or the feeling. And it's only truly when we have separated the emotion from the memory that we've healed that aspect of us, ourselves. Right, Faz? So it's, yeah. so if we are in a process where we've not, totally separated the emotion from the uh, the memory then there's still some work to do now the person you're working with might not be ready to release that mm -hmm. and that's for you to understand if they're not re ready to release it there's no point going down that rabbit hole mm. yeah, but, mm -hmm. you know if you can you can say well Oh, it's interesting you bring that up. I I felt that from my perspective, I felt that we've uh, we've sorted that out. And you can open up the opportunity for the other person to share with you what they feel has uh, remains un unresolved, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Without going deep into the rabbit hole, as you say. <clears throat> yeah, I feel myself because my intuition says. That there's gonna be a very long, long conversation. I'm not ready for that just yet because um, I don't have the capacity today emotionally for that. Well, exactly, and you yeah. have to look after yourself as well, of course. Yeah, and that's why I didn't ask any leading questions because normally I'm quite a curious person, and I, I I don't mind you know like finding all the ins and outs of stuff like why, what, how, when, where to get a full picture about what's actually going on, and mm -hmm. then going in with whatever I have to say. Um, but this time I I, I today because I've kind of had a tough uh, few days, I I thought oh I I don't really think I can go into the curious mode today, mm -hmm. uh, because I'm not ready. I'm not ready for that today. So, well, that, and that's yeah. you knowing yourself, right? Which mm -hmm. is which is really important, and that's what we always talk about: being able to be self-aware and self-reflective, and being able to tune into ourselves and see, okay, well, where am I today? What what am I experiencing? How am I feeling? You know, being able to find that level, and as I said before, you know knowing where you are vibrationally mm -hmm. are you in a state of uh, fear yourself then yeah you're probably quite likely to be triggered yourself and you're going to have to be very mindful of those triggers as they come up mm. uh, so yeah. yeah but at the same time when you are in a stronger position or you're in a position perhaps that you feel that all right, now I feel more strong and I can go into it, just go into it without any expectations because it might very well be something that is very triggering to you. So you see what I mean, Faz? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I'm totally over whatever happened, but um, I think I'm just more concerned for the other person that they're not. And for me, it's like, oh, let me sort this out for you, kind of like being the person to be like, let me soothe you, let me calm you. But that's not my job, is it? Is it? <sighs> Yes and no. Yes and no. It it depends if that is the opportunity for that person to heal Uh and and you are able to hold that space for them. Uh And absolutely, then you're perfectly situated to do that. But it's not your responsibility if you choose for it not to be. Mm, Yeah, because I do have a lot of compassion for that person. Um. And I feel like, yeah, they need soothing, they need, but I'm not able to give that right now at this moment. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. You know, as, as healers, anyone who's a you know, healer, whether you're a doctor or, you know, energy worker or therapist, coach, whatever you may be, we learn very quickly that we can't help everybody. Right? Mm-hmm. There are people that show up in our lives that we can't help and they're there to teach us something about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody's there to teach us something about ourselves, but for that particular part of the journey. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. It's never our responsibility, mm-hmm. but we can feel called and compelled and we can feel that it's the right time to help someone out absolutely so if it is a situation where you feel called and compelled when that time comes and you accept that challenge then absolutely do it but it's never something you need to do it's never something something you should do Mm -hmm. it's all up to you what what you decide to do right yeah definitely at the end of the day it is our choice as well i mean I don't like to see them suffer, but I also have to make sure I'm not suffering in in the midst of it all just by people pleasing in terms of like doing it now when I'm not ready, you know? No, and especially to, if they're yeah. not ready. If they're not ready to take that leap, then absolutely. Um, yeah. And that, that's what we have to realize that, that if we are uh, courageous conversations is all about us and someone else or some others, right? So when we are having those conversations, we can't make assumptions as to where they're at or where I'm at. They mm-hmm. might very well be in a, in a very deep hole of victimhood and having compassion and acceptance for their journey will then become part of your uh, your process of where you're at. Now you could step into uh, in this conversation fast that you're referring to. You could step into a state of judgment and say say to yourself, "Oh, but well, we dropped that a long time ago. Why haven't you left that go? Oh, come on, drop it, will you?" Right now we're stepping in. Now we're creating separation between us uh, us and the the other person. Now we're removing the opportunity to connect because we're 
telling that person they need to do something that is not within their capacity to do, perhaps. Right? So we having a having the understanding that the other person or the other people they're going to do whatever they're going to do and they're going to have their own process that is not ours and being able to accept that accepting their journey and when we go into the four agreements we'll talk more about you know how we can uh, relate to that interaction larry go ahead yeah, thank you. I'll uh, try to make it as brief as possible. It's, Don't worry about it. It might really remind me like three instances, like two of them that you helped me very much, like to understand the, probably more others than, than myself. The first one, I think it was um, at the very beginning when it was really like after like kind of not really a mental breakdown, but after a breakdown. Mm-hmm. And I was like really fearful and very like uh, not unaware. I was fully aware of like my emotions but it was like uh, everything and uh, anything and everything like together and I didn't like uh, like could find a way and then uh, you said like your advice that you're not like, the kind of person and I need like to see another person like help and I really found myself like even before the break that uh, I really like to like disassociate myself like uh, really like to be myself and like be other person that observing myself like mm-hmm. the psychologist larry like the one that like trying to help like to that is trying to like to ask the the right questions like why do you feel this way do you really feel this way like without judgment like without like with compassion gratitude love and really because it, that person was me but the more like uh, love uh, more filled with love and more like uh, trying to really help me and uh, that was the first instance the second one i think it was uh, about a disappointment and uh, when with the call with you that uh, i shared a story a little story that happened like during like my daily life and it was about expectations and uh, when i was already aware of my wounds and like my blind spots but there were triggers and i couldn't like find a way like how do i work on those triggers and then you said the, the thing about expectations and even, and I said, even at least expected like a neutral reaction, like from my parents, because they like did something good, but because I didn't go to sleep that night, they all, they started like berating me and like, why didn't you go to sleep? There is always time and place to everything. And, and I wasn't expecting like a negative reaction, at least like neutral, not even a thank you. Mm-hmm. But then you said, but you still had an expectation. You still had an, something like that you were like uh, grabbing on. And uh, when I started learning to like to let go of it, it really, it really wouldn't faze me even if I will do something like even to help like in the house or like help someone else, if they will not receive it. I'm, I have the expectation, of course, that maybe they will listen to me. Maybe they will listen to my advice because I'm like investing time in them. But I'm not with the expectation that they will take it and they will do something with it. Because if I have that expectation, I will be disappointed in them, in myself. Why did I do that? And uh, everything else. And uh, especially now when you said um, you, you can approach an interaction like with judgment, like uh, we, we squashed the beef. Why wouldn't you just let it go? 
I felt that way, especially like with my like mother or like with parents because of instances in the past. And sometimes I would like, uh, the, like the memories are still memories and I couldn't like really uh, try to, I couldn't explain myself when I started talking about those memories the other like side the other party will always like uh, oh uh, you still remember them you still like uh, uh, dwelling on them you're still there you you didn't move on you need to move on and it was like always with judgment and then it would like trigger and will escalate mm-hmm. and i learned with time like if i'm staying calm because it's it's a wound that i like processed and uh, disassociated myself from and I re- I'm really calm and really trying to explain. No, I'm just like trying to express my past feelings or express like my memories, like what really happened, like factually. And with with not attaching any emotions, they started to understand that I'm not really like uh, feel uh, anger about it or like uh, they should feel guilty about it. Or it's it's just a conversation about the past. It's not like anything uh, intertwining like uh, with emotions or because like you said it takes two parties to escalate and if i'm staying on that same level and i ask the question i didn't even need to ask the question i was just sincere about like my own experiences they i i really observed and really like understood that they weren't as defensive they weren't as like uh, protective of their actions because i said yeah i understand why you did this these things i understand why because like you want like me to be better i understand your perspective Mm -hmm. and then they were like kind of like uh, their guards and defenses like went down and then we could really have the conversation that i really because i liked conversing doesn't that feel good yeah, it feels very good, and yeah. especially especially yesterday because it, and it will be the last one with my sister because again I had some experiences with drugs, and I just uh, because she was in uh, not in the country, she came back and there was work, and then uh, I just told her like I'm I'm still planning to do more and like a, like more experience this because I feel like it's it is the truth and I'm I can learn much more information from this. And then I, I, I subconsciously expected her to be like more happy for me that I found like myself. But then I, I got another reaction of like fear and uh, because she very helped me like to get from, uh, from a bad place. And she was like fearful that if and after we talked, maybe she wouldn't be there to help me. Maybe others wouldn't be there. Maybe I wouldn't be as strong as I am currently now. And I will break down like uh, without return. And uh, she constantly asked me the question yesterday. So what's the point? So what's the point? So what's the point of this conversation? And I tried it like to different aspects of like, uh, this is my truth. I kind of couldn't understand that there is no resolution. Mm-hmm. And then when I got it during the conversation, it was kind of like an hour of conversation, not in circles, but kind of circular. Yeah, yeah. And then when I stopped for a moment and really thought about it, so what is the resolution? And I really got it that, okay, so we just agree to disagree about this currently because there is no like scientific proof or other things. And I thought to myself, okay, time will tell. Everything is fine. And she also said to me, everything will be fine. You, 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 you do you, I will do me. And everything is fine. Like everyone on their own path. 
and it really felt like comforting and really like this is the resolution of that yeah, uh, conversation uh, and that's exactly what i was saying before sometimes the ultimate goal is not to have a resolution but to have an understanding yeah right and exactly. it's i don't necessarily for me the uh you know agree to disagree statement has kind of a low vibration it's mm -hmm. like uh, kind of yeah, I also you're not leaving like on. It. You're not separating on terms of understanding, but well, I have my opinion. You have your opinion. Now let's stop talking about it. Right? Exactly. I, 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 I didn't like that feeling. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I was like, kind of, even for myself, I didn't understand why couldn't I just let go. And then when I understood, it's not even agree to disagree. You're right. It was more like, okay, I understood your perspective. And when I really got the feeling that she understood my perspective, and not just saying the words, yeah, I understand you, but like dismiss me, but really accept me, I really felt like, okay, we just currently differ on our opinions and that's okay. But maybe in the future, we could like reunite and like talk about the same conversation from slightly different perspective. And Absolutely. It was kind of like, because yeah. you are going to grow and evolve, both of you, and you're going to have different perspectives, different experiences when we come, you come together and have a conversation next time, right? Yeah. But uh, it is, when you can truly leave a conversation just feeling that we we you've reached a level of empathy with each other or at least that you have an empathy for so empathy is the when you recognize and most people define it just as recognizing the emotion with someone else within someone else but it's also recognizing the ideas and concepts within someone else and once you do that, you don't need to agree with them. You can be on, you know, opposite sides of the political spectrum, but having an understanding for uh, and empathize with the other person's ideas, because now you understand where they're coming from, their their process, and what has brought them to that state uh, or level or stage in life then you can have an understanding for that and that's your process that's an internal process and it's if the other person is unable to get there that's not your responsibility mm -hmm. it's your yeah. responsibility within yourself and uh, also i don't mean to nitpick on <laughs> on your use you, of you words can. but but from a psychological point of view uh i prefer to use um distance as opposed to disassociate uh, because in psychology, when you disassociate, there's actually a condition called uh, disassociated personality disorder. Okay. Uh, yeah. And it's when you actually separate from your personality completely and you, you mm -hmm. see yourself from, that's when you start having split personalities and stuff. So just distance yourself from the experience and being able to observe your own experience, mm -hmm. but you're still experiencing it. That's important. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, okay. I don't, don't mean to pick on you, Larry, but uh, no, no, just, okay. just for the uh, for the audience, for everybody listening, that if you are disassociating, go and talk to someone because that's not necessarily a, a healthy thing to do. So, grand rising, everybody, or afternoon, depending on where you are. Um, I'm really loving this conversation this morning, as always, and uh, on Friday. I contacted a crystal shop and um, I was in the midst of leaving a voicemail 
when the crystal shop contacted me back. Initially, I was seeing if the woman uh, needed some handmade jewelry or uh, needed a light worker for her shop to help her with crystals. We hit it off great. We talked about past lives. You know, I thought everything was really smooth. Um, she said, come on. I noticed that her website needed uh, revamping. And I told her I, I actually, you know, have all the skills to build the uh, website, do the photography, et cetera. She asked me, did I know a certain different kind of website? So I said, let me study it and I'll come in, you know? Um, I found out I had to buy a piece of equipment for her. So the next day I asked her for if we could switch the appointment to an hour later. She said, well, actually she wanted to, uh, she had a lot to do and that was great. Um, and she said she was thinking about it, but she didn't contact me. And so I uh, addressed her as Miss Tammy. I said, you know, Miss Tammy, if in the future you ever need to adjust your schedule, please uh, don't hesitate to let me know so that we can both be on the same page, you know? And I referenced a movie, Don't uh, Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, where Christina Applegate says, I'm right on top of that, Rose, which means, you know, I'm do I'll do anything you want, you need. So I came at her in a very humbling way. And I, but I explained to her that, you know, don't be afraid if you need to adjust your schedule, I'll, I'll accommodate. Um, I called yesterday to confirm. I said, you know, hello, it's Goddess Nicole. She cuts me off immediately and says, do you want me, do you expect for me to address you as Goddess Nicole? I said, you can address me as you like. Um, she went into this whole thing of how she was really offended and how we're all gods and goddesses. And she said that she had heard my voicemail and she didn't even finish it when I addressed myself as Goddess Nicole and how um, it's not professional and everything else. And, you know, I, uh, I, was, I was really taken back because I was calling a crystal <clears throat> shop where it's supposed to be for energetic healing and light and love. And well, at least that's what I think about natural stone shops. And uh, I, I respectfully got off the phone with her. Mm -hmm. Well, she calls, she calls back to say she didn't know if we were disconnected or if I hung up. And then she tried to like, ask me if I was okay, because she knew that she had like yelled at me and attacked me just for being myself. I basically, uh, you know, let her know that I didn't know this was such a professional environment where we're dealing with crystals, you know, that I couldn't <laughs> call myself goddess Nicole, you know? And, um, and if she says we're all gods and goddesses, I don't understand why that would offend her at all. Um, well, I don't know. So, so looking at this, it's, it's a beautiful example then, Nicole, uh, because she's having your, her experience. You're having her, your experience, right? Uh, yeah. Now, I just, can I finish the scenario, Mr. Chris, please? Oh, yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Go ahead. Thank you. Um, so... Then uh, she told me that it rubbed her the wrong way that I let her know that if she ever needed to adjust her schedule, don't ever hesitate to let me know. She let me know that she's a business owner and she shouldn't ever, I should never have to tell her those things. And then she said that she was on a different level than me, that she had her own store and employees. And I mean, everything I said triggered this woman to the point of where I didn't even go into the shop. I just acted like someone was at my door and got off the phone because I wasn't gonna sit there and get beat up for being kind, being my true authentic self, offering help. I spent the entire weekend 
researching just to be on point for her. And she only called me back because she felt like she was going to lose out on a great opportunity. She said, well, you won't even be in the shop most of the time. At that point, I didn't even know if this woman is really going to pay me. And I was as an empath. I didn't want to be absorbing that type of frequency while I'm trying to do a good job for somebody. So um, now I'm, I'm complete with what I have to say. But it just it honestly threw me back. Let me say mm-hmm. one thing. It took me back. Um, it was painful. Um, I, I couldn't understand why I thought I had manifested an opportunity that then crumbled right before my eyes. And uh, then I also noticed that it, um, there was a trigger involved of just the, the um, you know, being rejected in general. Nobody likes to feel rejection. No, so I sat, I sat with those feelings and tried to understand what about my personality and me being kind, you know, uh, how it affected her so much. Nobody else, only only one man doesn't like that I call myself Goddess Nicole, but everyone in the Mind Valley community, everywhere I go, if I tell people my name is Goddess Nicole, they absolutely love it. And they love that I, you know, it's just like, it's playful, it's fun. It's like, why are we taking ourselves so seriously? So I just want to understand. Can you please help me? Thank you. Absolutely. And it's, that's a beautiful example of you having your experience. She's having her experience. And let's go into the four agreements, Larry, that, you know, I know you're chomping at the bit that. So uh, when we, whenever we come up against experiences like that, where there is a contentious element and we can't, we can't control how others are going to react to us. That's the bottom line. And how we express ourselves, that's our responsibility. Uh, But how others receive us is their responsibility. So when we are looking at the four agreements, we are saying that we don't assume anything about anybody else. So we don't know this woman's story. We don't know her background. We don't know... Perhaps she grew up with uh, uh, some uh, religious sect of some sort that she's come out of. And this whole idea of gods and goddesses uh, is really triggering to her. We don't know. So we can't assume that we know her story. And it's not really important to actually know it in order to have compassion for the child version of herself that has experienced whatever it's experienced in order to grow up and be triggered by something like that, right? Now, secondly, we try not to take things personally, or we don't take things personally, uh, according to the four agreements. Uh, So whatever someone else says is from their process. It's from their core wounding. So when we are in this conversation or in the contentious experience, that whatever we take personally is triggering us, and then it's our job to be aware of those triggers and whatever is lingering, right? So in this convers- or in this experience for you, Nicole, perhaps there uh, are things lingering, emotions lingering, and how you know being able to go in and explore those aspects of yourself and what is it that is what part of you what aspect of you is being triggered by this experience and 
only you can understand that because only you have experienced you, right? And same, so I can't, you know, nobody can make the assumption about your experiences. So can I tell you what triggered it was for me? Um, mm -hmm. The fact that I thought I had manifested an opportunity and I've definitely been putting in the work, you know how hard I work and how much I've been working on myself. Mm -hmm. And in terms of, you know, generating um, an, an income um, since, you know, the switch of the COVID or whatever. So, uh, and more going into doing my light work, which is what I'm actually being called to do. So it's like a total career shift, you know? Mm -hmm. So I still want to, so um, it just triggered to me, like, I mean, obviously that wasn't the right fit, but how well, did it go from being such like a, a, what I thought was good to not good until like 48 hours? Yes, and absolutely. The, as Michael points out here in the, uh, in the chat, uh, there's a level of expectation. And it's, I think oftentimes we, we stare ourselves blind on what we are looking at as opposed to kind of taking the eagle, eagle's perspective. So in meditation, one thing I, uh, one tool I use is that when I'm up against a, a situation like this, I thought, and I've had exactly the same experiences, Nicole, where you think that someone's going to be like the big break or whatever, and it turns out to be a total flop and, you know, it's, I'm triggered all over the place. Then sitting in meditation and just feeling myself soaring above it and being able to take a bigger picture view of the experience so that I can see, okay, what, what is it I'm supposed to learn from this experience? And what is it that the, the experience is telling me? So a lot of times if I have an intuition or an idea and the man or some an opportunity manifests for that idea but it doesn't really come through it's not that the idea was crap it's just that that wasn't the opportunity i was supposed to go for so perhaps this is just telling you that yes you should go for the go and work with crystal shops or healing centers or whatever it may be and keep on looking, this just wasn't the opportunity for you. Do you know what I mean, Nicole? Yes, Mr. Chris. Um, I actually found a, the opportunity I really, really want yesterday, uh, that, like a dream opportunity for me. So I know that I wouldn't have been focusing on that particular thing yeah. if, I was, if I was at her shop, you know? So, so um, but, but if we do hold on to the, uh, the experience, if we hold on to the emotions of that experience, you have to experience the emotions. That's why you had the experience. But the sooner that you can release those emotions and understand why they showed up for you, and you take, like Michael's pointing out as well, that you're using them as an opportunity to grow then you can release that and now you've released the resistance to the experience and now the other opportunities start start flowing again right yes i agree i feel i think it's 
it feels like a trigger because uh, vibrationally, I know I'm, I'm putting in the work and then uh, I can't allow what other people say to uh, influence me. But, you know, the talk is, is that uh, if you, if you manifest an opportunity and then it, it crumbles, then you're not uh, vibrationally or energetically in line, things of that nature. And, and so, you know, it simply wasn't meant my, for you. That the opportunity simply wasn't meant for you because you you didn't hold the same resonance. You re didn't resonate on the same level, um, and uh, you know, just because someone runs a, a a crystal shop doesn't mean that they're enlightened. You know, it's uh, you know because someone holds a level or a position of authority in terms of if we look at the spiritual community in this respect doesn't mean that they're any less human than we are so we don't need to assume that they are have reached a level of enlightenment um, it's just that they're going to have their own woundings and they're going to have i mean i have my own core woundings i have my own <laughs> triggers for sure uh, but being out there and uh, availing ourselves of these different opportunities to grow and allowing ourselves to be triggered, it gives us an opportunity to heal those aspects of ourselves that, that are being triggered. Because if we weren't triggered, we wouldn't be able to look at those aspects of ourselves and heal them. Thank you. I agree. I use it as an opportunity to begin healing um, any sense of rejection. Um, I, I so, grounded myself and, mm -hmm. um, I was able to pull the, the, the painful emotion out from doing some uh, meditations and tanning it all around and knowing that I didn't have to reach outside of myself to someone else for, you know, to complete the comfort because I had a few conversations with people, but it still didn't soothe me. So I had to be there with myself and be in that. And I think it still, it hurts a little bit, but, um, not nearly as it did yesterday, you know? Well, and I think one thing you can do is ask the question to yourself, when did I experience this uh, level of rejection or this type of rejection uh, the first time? Because then you will open up the gateway to that experience which you need to heal. Thank you very much, Mr. Christopher. My pleasure, Nicole. Let's continue looking here. We are at just to repeat we have we're working through the uh, basis for courageous conversation so we have the awareness of our own core wounds we have the awareness of when we're triggered we have the uh, looking at all experiences through the compassion acceptance forgiveness and gratitude then we also have uh, understand what the goal is with the uh, courageous conversation um, uh, the uh, being authentic and then the four agreements so we are on the triggers we're moving on to uh, one thing that I always talk about which are the compassion acceptance forgiveness and gratitude so if we take Nicole's example here for uh, we have being able to look at the interaction with compassion so looking at yourself with compassion for your own wounds and the triggers that are happening within you and looking at the this crystal shop owner with compassion as well as i said being able to look at them and say 
I wonder what that child inside that person experienced that made them react this way to me. So going through that, then you're connecting with that person on a deeper level and you can engage your empathy towards that person. You don't need to have compassion for the the core wounding that shows up or that is being projected on you, but having compassion for the child version of themselves that have experienced what they've experienced in order to show up with that level of fear, that's then you can start engaging and connecting on a deeper level. And accepting that that person is going to have their journey and you're going to have your journey. And that whatever journey you're having is for you to experience growth and to experience yourself. So that you, whatever is happening, whatever is triggering, or whatever disappointment or whatever it may be, that you accept that for what it is so that you can heal that aspect within yourself. And then moving into forgiveness, forgiving yourself for, in this case, perhaps you forgive yourself for being triggered. Whatever it is that you need to forgive yourself for, always remember to forgive yourself because that's one place we oftentimes forget to place forgiveness. But of course, in this case, also forgiving uh, the shop owner for uh, being, you know, lashing out at you and being rude and all of those things. Um, and so we, we're going through that process. Once we get to that stage, then we've separated the emotion from the memory, and we can now quite intuitively understand what the gift is. And we can then feel, once we know the gift of the experience, we then uh, can show gratitude to it. Until we reach that stage, then we are always going to hold uh, a level of hurt or victimhood around the experience. But once we get to the stage of understanding what the gift is, and we then we can have that gratitude, we've, then we've actually healed the experience. We've released it. Larry, you had a question? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if, um, again, you're interwoven it into the four uh, agreements or is it like the prerequisites to the four agreements? <laughs> because because I, re I remember we were on the, we didn't assume anything about anybody else, the first yeah, one. And I'll, I'll give you the other two very quickly then. We'll, we'll go through them in more detail. <laughs> so use your words impeccably and uh, always do your best. So mm -hmm. we have... Don't assume anything about anybody else. Don't, yeah. don't take anything personally. Use your words impeccably. I would say, I would add, uh, act, think, and speak impeccably, but I'm not going to change the four agreements uh, because they are what they are. Uh, and to uh, always do your best. So we'll, we'll go through those in a second here, Larry. But thank you for reminding me. I, I was thinking before, I only went through two of them. I'm sure Larry is very disappointed now. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll go through them. Uh, so yeah, those are, that's the compassion, acceptance, forgiveness, and gratitude. And that's when I work with clients and uh, we work through experiences, those are the four stages or four steps we take in order to uh, be, being able to release and heal uh, whatever aspect of ourselves that need to be healed. Now, 
when we look at the goal of courageous conversations, as I said before, it really is about understanding. It's not about agreeing. It's about understanding. So if we can both, or if every, all parties concerned can move through a conversation or, or a courageous conversation with the intention of connecting deeply, of showing empathy and being open to any resolution that may come out of it or none at all. So not having expectation or not being attached to any expectation uh, of the conversation, then we're able to move through in a much more conscious way. So, uh, you know, we don't have to agree with, uh, and we don't have to have a res uh, resolution to the conversation, uh, but we need to acknowledge each other in the experience. So those are all things that might be uh, challenging when you're in a heated discussion, but if you can take a moment and to move into yourself and say, okay, I'm starting to be triggered here. I'm starting to feel emotions rising up. How can I now move into a more conscious experience? What is it that I'm, am I trying to win this conversation now? And then you can always backtrack from there. There's always ways that you can move out of uh, your head and move into your heart space and start communicating from there instead. And before we come to going through the four agreements, we will go through uh, talk about authenticity. Um, and one with authenticity is one of these things that we we if we misuse it, we can use it as a way to excuse our behavior. I was just being authentic. I was just, you know, speaking my truth. Well, if you're being rude, you're being rude, right? And if you're being uh, disconnected, you're, yes, you may be authentic to yourself, but are you being authentic to the experience? Are you contributing or detracting from the experience? Um, now, you being rude in a interaction with someone else to trigger that person might be exactly what that person needs. Now, so you being the quote-unquote perpetrator and them being the receiver of that might be exactly what they need in order to realize that they are being triggered and they have a choice how they show up in the experience. Now, from our perspective, when that happens, being able to reflect on that and say, huh, I thought I was showing up authentically in that, but I actually, it was kind of an illusionary authenticity, or it was an authenticity that was coming from my core wounding. That then will help us to become, move towards growth and uh, the more optimal version of ourselves. And uh, Michael is putting here, thing is, there's only one truth. And uh, uh, if you want to come on and uh, uh, have a chat about truth, we can do that. I'm, I'm of the 
from my perspective, truth is a paradox. Uh, there is not one truth. There's only uh, many truths, and every everyone is entitled to to their truth. Uh, now, there might, you know, when you go up uh, up higher in the dimensions, and you go into question about God or Source or uh, however you want to refer to a higher power, uh, perhaps there is a one truth. But as far as this experience is done here, in my perspective. Uh, I find that there, uh, truth is a paradox because it is everybody has their own truth. And I think Michael is uh, wanting to come on and talk about it. So go ahead. <laughs> hey. um, yeah, well, you know, the, the, in the end, there's no, there's no right or wrong anyways, right? It, it is all perspective and, and it is the journey, right? So, um, but when we're talking about, you know, truth as, as a whole, right, it's, there's, there's truth, and then there's people's observation, interaction, or perspective of it, right? And so that's where it becomes malleable, right, where it becomes uh, adjustable based on the direction you're viewing it from, or you're living from, right? But it doesn't change that on, on a base level, right? A, a truth mm -hmm. of a thing is a truth, you know? Well, uh, to, for me to understand uh, understand your perspective, uh, can you share with me a truth that we can have a separate perspective? On? Man, I'll tell you. These days, it's funny because because even to even to even to speak to it, 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 these days I don't have any attachment to any of it. So I'm I'm. It's eluding me off the top of my head to think of some. I guess you know, like. Um, uh, all right. So a truth is, all right, here's a truth. Um, so a person incarnates into the human body, right. And it's a male body, mm -hmm. right. So that person is a male, right. But someone nowadays, there's all the debates on, on identification and whatnot. Right. Okay. So to their own and it is what it is. But, but the fact is, 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 is if we ask the question, can a man be a female or can a man be a woman? The answer is no. We've already agreed that the man is a man. And, and genetically speaking, it's a man, right? It cannot reproduce in, in, the, in the manner that a woman can. And, and for a man to try and, and determine, now that's not to say Right. It's not to knock anybody for their for for how they feel or what they're observing or what their journey is. I'm not not in any way trying to, you know, say anything derogatory in that direction. Right. What I'm saying is, is that on a base level genetic spectrum, that is a male. That's the truth. Well, see, and from someone else's perspective, they may define male or female on energy uh you know so does 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 energy have a, a gender preference i mean is, is in, in my ex in, well from my perspective from my truth is that uh, uh male and female are energetic frequencies true a hundred percent i totally agree with yeah from i agree with that perspective for sure I, I mean that's that's getting into yin and yang right the balance of light and dark the balance of male female absolutely sure. so yeah. and 
coming from, I know where you're coming from, and yes, this becomes a, It's hard to say, right? <laughs> it, it can become a, a question of semantics. It can, uh, but at the end of the day, someone perceiving a physical anatomy uh, from a different perspective doesn't mean they're wrong. It's just that they have a different truth. So the the truth that you hold is not going to be the truth that someone else has hold. So uh, well, true. I, I'm just speaking to to the to the from this physical plane of existence, yeah. right? And and what science would back is is that right now. I'm all about energy. I'm all about all of that stuff. I mean, that's what I live and breathe, right? So so play. You know, I, I like to play the devil's advocate of it, right? So to speak, right? So that I can see and analyze from all angles. So I'm not subjected to a single viewpoint as well. Where I see a potential disconnect that happens often when people say this is my truth or whatever is like you were alluding to earlier with the cop out and things like this, right? Yeah, people, the truth bombs. Yeah, right. Because because it boils down to, you know, in the in the end, there is no right or wrong, right? I mean, yeah. someone's some one man, you know, that, that old adage, right? One man's garbage, another man's treasure, right? Absolutely. Someone's someone's duplicitous action is someone else's viewpoint of a good thing, right? And vice versa. So, you know, we we all like to get behind these staunch beliefs on different things, um, but those are always boiling down to perspective. And I, I think exactly, and I, I think we, we do agree. We just have different uh, ways of expressing it. Uh, I, I tend to uh, I place the concept or perception of truth with the person that ex is experiencing it, uh, as opposed to putting it in the external world. And I think a lot of times um, the idea of truth or the attachment to truth or attachment to one's own truth is the cause for a lot of division and oh. becomes the resistance to the connection, becomes the resistance to uh, the compassion, right? Totally. Absolutely. I mean, that, that goes back down to that whole in, in and of its own way, that's an expectation, right? These yeah. attachments or expectations and these expectations are always going to lead to um, a... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a, a fallout of sorts, right? Mm -hmm. a, a a sense of although well, it leads to separation. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And and that's unfortunate, but that's the entrainment that many and all of us on some level have have endured or been a part of at some portion or aspect of our lives. Mm -hmm. You know, but that's where the work comes. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And. Uh... If you have time, Michael, if you feel like it, go onto uh, my website, thealchemyexperience.co.uk, and search up the blog, Truth is a Paradox. Nice. Uh, and uh, I'd love to have a, continue that conversation with you at some point. So. Yeah. Be great. <laughs> Michael, you have some input there? I do. Um, I was just doing some basic uh, introspection and logic and thinking about the world. And one day I decided to Google uh, how many hermaphrodites there are in this world. And um, there's about the percentage of redheads in this world. So every time you see a redhead, you can think there is a hermaphrodite. Like not literally that the redhead is a hermaphrodite, but that means that's, that's another hermaphrodite uh, 
opportunity to think that that person could be born like that. Yeah. So it's, um, I'm sure that that is a huge challenge for somebody to be born with both genitals and sometimes their parents picking for them without allowing them to choose and they have a lot of emotions. So I began to think uh, as someone who has dated men, but has very alpha female <laughs> masculine energy, you know what I'm saying? I started mm -hmm. to beg to differ that if, and I know for a fact I was a man in my past life. I understand like why I walked by the mirror and I used to be super attracted to myself and have these weird feelings. And now I understand, you know? And um, with that being said, if you can physically have these both genitalia on the outside of you, then couldn't it beg to differ that at least the same percentage of that is redheads, at, people are born like that with those feelings inside. Now, I feel, um, and I deeply sympathize and empathize with those that are those com are confused and conflicted because we are coming back from many lifetimes. And so we, and we do have these different feelings. Even if we don't remember our life presently, we still have that interwoven into our makeup, you know? And so what I feel like is today it is shoved down people's throats, even in cartoons for babies. And I was told by somebody whose child isn't even in kindergarten that they had to choose their, their gender identity on a form at like two or three years old. Like yeah. now to me, that's not, uh, to me in my personal opinion, I don't know if we, if, if we shouldn't just allow a child to develop without shoving a, an experience down their throat, which in society is happening right now. I, I love Nicole, everybody. Nicole, I'm going to stop you there because uh, we're getting way, way off track. So uh want to keep it a little bit on track. <laughs> and uh, also those conversations are really about individual experiences. So it's perhaps look at, and this is actually, it's a good example. And sorry to interrupt you, Nicole. I just want to make sure we don't veer too much off, off track. Um, but if you look at that as a conversation between you and society, so you're having a conversation with society, society is feeding back to you, this is how we are going to address this. How are you reacting to that? What is, are you being triggered by the, uh, the way that society shows up? And why is that? And how, how are you able, what are you able to learn from yourself in that interaction? That makes sense. I mean, sorry for interrupting you, Nicole, but. Uh, no, uh, I understand. I just want people to have more compassion for people in general. Well, and that's, that's people's choice people choose to be compassionate or not. And I accept that people may not be compassionate and that's their journey. Now, my journey is slightly different and I'm hoping that I'm compassionate. I know that I used to be terribly uh, judgmental and it pops up time and time again. And I feel shameful and guilty. And then I'm like, oh no, shame and guilt, there we go. And then I process that, right? So these are things that come back all the time. But from my perspective, having acceptance for society that is going through the pain it's going through at the moment, whatever that is, if it's on a political level, religious level, whatever it is, it is, 
I can't do anything about the totality of it, but to accept that this is the journey we're having right now. Right. And that is uh, the same if I was having a conversation with someone who's screaming and yelling and being, you know, uh, verbally violent against me. I choose how I show up in that situation. Do I show up matching that person's uh, aggressiveness or do I choose a different path? Do I choose to be compassionate towards that person in a deeper level or do I choose to be triggered by their aggressiveness? Now, I have three choices in that situation, of course. I can either try to change that person or their demeanor by de-escalating it. I can change my perception of the experience. This person is trying to attack me or this person is having a hard day. Then I'm going to show up very differently. So being able to uh, approach the situation with it, knowing that I have a choice how I show up is key in that respect, right? And so it's really about being able to understand who I am in that experience, uh, in that conversation. And we can, that courageous conversations can be between, be, be between two people, but it can also be between me and my experiences. It could be between me and society, between me and uh, religion or whatever it is. Or it could be with me and my shadow aspect, right? Once we understand that we can have courageous conversations with our shadow aspect, that then allows us to uh, have compassion for ourselves on a different level. <laughs> I wanted to charm in during uh, what Michael said because I I understood what the essence of uh, what he's what you were talking about about the truth, and uh, I think uh, about the paradox. I think I I organized it in my own head like in two parts because from my background. I wasn't uh, like brought up religiously and I was always like looking through the lens of everything is subjective. Everyone has their own truth. Everyone has their own like subjective um, experience. Now, uh, I think uh, I wanted to, to give an example before uh, he went into like uh, femininity and like masculinity. My example that came up is an apple. It's like a, a red apple, let's say. And uh, one person, uh, that uh, normal person, could say this is a red apple. But a color-blinded, like a color-blind person, could say no, it's not. It's uh, my truth. Is it's like a, a, a gray apple. And uh, maybe an animal, maybe with, I would call it like with less awareness, maybe we'll see like an infra infrared like colors when people don't see the colors. So everything everyone has like their own like truth but that uh, paradox of truth like what is an objective truth like if you look at like a higher um like deity level or like a god or like some power above us that like you said chris uh, it's not like something that we are interacting in our day-to-day -day life so when i did that uh, thought experiment like with myself like 
what if there was an objective like um, uh, truth, an objective like uh, fact of the matter? Like if it could say, no, this apple is actually green and you're all like your own truth is, is like your own perspective, like your own projection of what you think the apple is, but the apple is uh, actually green. So uh, we, um, because like in our like society, we as humans, I think uh, like in groups, understand that we like, our brain is similar, like everyone's different, but we like see the same like colors. We could say like teaching schools, like this color is red, this color is green. And uh, we can like differentiate the things and we could like agree on those things. Unless but, you're colorblind, uh, of course. Yes, exactly. Or you're blind at all. And you, you would say, I don't see any apple or I don't know what an apple is or what color is the apple. How would you even try to describe a color to a blind person? Yeah. You can't because it's like your subjective uh, reality is different from their subjective. But when the second part, when I like, and I still am not uh, with myself, I'm not like um, definitive on is there an objective reality or is or everything is like a hologram or everything is like a, an illusion or a subjective reality because it's like a, it's a, a balance, constant balance because sometimes I think like um, like one side and sometimes they like from the other side of the coin. But if there were, if there was like a, an objective reality, then uh, it's all our perception that we like interact with our day-to-day -day life and like someone, if there is someone higher, they're like they're just like observing and watching and uh, they're not interacting with us but it's just uh, their own like reality again is subjective to their and they they don't even know if there are if their reality is objective because they don't know if there is someone higher than them it's like a paradox mm -hmm. but they know that their subjective reality is different from like ours like from people or like from animals or like bugs it's everything well, that, that's like, where we end up if we yeah. can detach from the the expectation or detach from the tr uh, our own truths mm -hmm. then we go into accepting that Everyone's others have true. their truths right yeah and mm -hmm. you know we we all see things from different perspectives now that then allows us to un uh, also accept that there might be a truth might be an absolute truth but maybe not but that, yeah it's it's like saying how big is the universe well it's as far Ever. as we know right now infinite, infinite right yeah well or some scientists or uh, astrophysics say well it's uh, this big all right well what what's beyond that oh we don't know well there's got to be yeah. something beyond that right so we we with our limited brain capacity on this planet or in this experience we have to at some level accept that there are things we don't understand yeah, and I agree. We, we just have to move through that and that becomes uh, very liberating <laughs> did for me in a way uh, yeah. i used to think that whenever i thought about the size of the universe i'd go crazy because i keep ruminating on well what comes off that, 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 that and i i'd suddenly feel very small and insignificant and uh uh, you know, all of those things. But then I shifted my perspective on it and it just allowing myself not to understand it was so 
uh, relieving. Yeah. Uh, it was a free a level of freedom in it. Uh, yeah, I love that. That's a uh, excellent uh, perspective because that's that's exactly how it happened for me. Everyone always wants these answers, and I'm like. I don't need to know the answer. <laughs> I'm good, you know. But I wanted to share, um, you know, something that I think a lot of us forget, especially um, as we navigate through the days, and 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 <clears throat> and if we're finding ourselves in the mud, so to speak, right? It's whenever you're feeling um, anything less than right if, if it's if it's you know worry stress fear anxiety all these different you know key key phrases that people are coming up with these days you know it's it's the the it boils down to when you're in the presence of now right when you're truly present here in this moment then every there you're walking that gray line right you're you're in between the light and the dark you're you're it's just is there isn't good or bad and and whenever we're feeling a certain way, you know, we're either looking backwards, we're looking in the past, or we're projecting into the future. You know, the, the past is done and where we can go to it to, to realize that there's, you know, past trauma, blame, shame, lineage stuff that isn't even yours that you can detach from, that you can release and let go of, right? That's one thing, but it's not to be sitting there like staring at it because every single moment spent that direction is taking you from now. And when we're looking into the future, the future has infinite possibilities, right? It, it, it could be any which way. I mean, you think about the guy who, who grew up and he knew he was gonna be a star, a star football player, right? And he's like, this is what I'm gonna be in. And every moment of his life is spent, I'm gonna be this football player. And then he gets his, his dream, he's in, you know, going to college to you know, the Pro Bowl or whatever, right? And one moment happens, gets hit by a car, whole life shifted. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, it's that it's that. So really, the what I have found um, helps navigate the best in 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 life and to have constant happiness, no matter whether I'm interacting with somebody. It's like, oh, that's great. And when I'm not interacting with them, oh, that's great. Right. Why? Because there's no attachments to who, what, when, where I'm not looking outside of self for for value. Um and and but i think it's just about getting into the now being present in this moment and when we start to feel that disruption that discord that's when you got to kind of chuckle and 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 say oh interesting okay become that observer and see i'm observing this body's having these emotions i'm observing this body's having these thoughts or whatever right and 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 then you use that to be able to navigate into how can i use this to grow to be in higher service to others Absolutely. And I, that is the foundation within ourselves, within our own experience, in order to have uh, uh, courageous conversations that are conscious uh, and that we, but at the same time, not having expectation, expectation on everybody around us, having that same platform. Totally. No. Accepting totally. accepting that my journey is mine and other people have their journeys. Uh, you know, like Jeffrey Allen says, uh, you know, take uh, decide or be, accept within yourself that you take res full responsibility for the energy that you hold within yourself and give everybody outside of yourself 
permission to uh, manage and uh, hold them or allow them to be responsible for the that energy, right? Yeah. Because then, then we are able to connect on a deeper level. And if someone is acting out aggressively towards us, we don't need to engage in that. We don't need to attach to an un- outcome of that we have to love each other. Right. 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 <laughs> uh, totally. But yeah. that is one of the core woundings that people move around with is that I need to be loved by everybody. Right. Right. Well, and, and, and doesn't that often, doesn't that often equate back to not only from your childhood, early woundings, as you say, right, the, the, the early traumas that, you know, age zero to seven is the ones that, that are typically the hardest for someone to transcend from, right? But, but not only is it from that or life experiences and story that we live in, right, instead of being in task of now, right, but to go deeper, it's that past, you know, whatever your mom and dad didn't, didn't deal with on their own traveled Mm -hmm. into right and vice versa into their parents and so on and so forth and but the cool news is is that you because you are in your sovereign being and get to choose your to to be in control of your actions and 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 take you know and and take that responsibility for that self-actualization as such is um you know you get to go and end that cycle with you you break it Yeah. And by you doing that, then your child, I got to watch it. I got to watch certain things that, that were part of that same thing. I was noticing that even though I've strived my whole life to, to not, you know, to, to end cycles and, and whatnot, even when I didn't understand what I was doing, I would see certain things were translating into my daughter, right. Mm -hmm. In very forms, but certain things. And when I became even more uh, responsible for, for my self growth and stuff, I started to notice that as I detached and, and dissolved those cords and, and sent that unconditional love and that unconditional forgiveness and, you know, um, and all this stuff that I watched in my daughter, it dissolved. Why? Because I'm still the lineage holder yeah. of that cord and I've dissolved it. So it doesn't continue beyond me. No, and right? it's beautiful, right? How you, you release that resistance things around you just resolve. Yeah. And it's, it's almost by magic. And you see people just change in one foul swoop because they are now resonating with you on a different level. And it, that energetic inter- interchange is just so beautiful to observe, right? It is. It is. And, and you can see it real time. I mean, I, <clears throat> I had a, a short example just recently. It was with uh, um, some family members. And, and I live a completely different life than they do. Right. And, and so it's always good because it's always entertaining, you know? And, um, and so they were, um, the, my, my dad and, and my brother, they're kind of new into my life and, and they have this codependent kind of relationship and it, and it definitely interacts with, um, high levels when it comes to the social structure of, of, um, 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 what's the term I'm looking for? Um, you know, po- politics and such. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm at this, I'm at their house and I was just visiting and, and they started getting into their heated thing. And I never comment on any of this stuff. Right. And for whatever reason, something came out of my mouth that day. Right. And, and suddenly they were trying to pull me into this conversation. So 
I, you know, I love interacting on, on various levels. I have zero expectations, zero attachments. I don't care whether someone agrees, disagrees or otherwise it's all good. You know, it's you do you. And, and, and so, but it was funny because I was sitting here in this conversation and I was watching how it all unfolded, interacting is what felt good, you know, giving, giving a different perspective, you know, for, for the adage. And I started to notice that I was feeling this sense of like, almost like there was an attachment all of a sudden starting to happen. Right. And I immediately felt it because I'm so in the body that, that I came out to the observer point and looked at it from another perspective. And And so I didn't want to detach from the conversation in order to write, because that would feed some other narrative and stuff. Right. So I practice that, that next level of stuff. Right. And so while maintaining the conversation, I went through and was actively practicing the detachment exercise and, and sweeping through. And the coolest thing happened is because I, as I was doing this to what you were just saying, I noticed real time that the conversation, the energy of the room shifted into a new perspective. And then the whole conversation without it ever coming to a conclusion or a heated stance or it just shifted. And next thing you know, the whole conversation was like this, this like love thing between acknowledging the value traits of each person and all this stuff. It was so interesting to observe. And had I not been aware and observing that this is what happened, you know, it would have just passed by because so many things do in, in people's lives because they're not really present. But it was amazing to see that in that shift of myself, it shifted the energy of that room in such a way where it allowed the alignment of, of each of those individuals, higher selves to rise up beyond what that story was to become more present in the acceptance and appreciation of each person and where they're at. That's beautiful. Yeah, it was awesome. That is awesome. Well, thank, thank you for that, Michael. I appreciate that. Everybody's insight is cool. Michael, I left you a comment about the uh, detachment exercise. I'm not sure if we've already gone over that or not, um, or in the way that you do it, because people can say it a million ways, but there might be one thing that you do or say or different, how you apply it with yourself. That is always really insightful. I'm always open-minded to see things in a different way um, because it's beautiful. So uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Nicole. Appreciate that. Um, all right, let's see authenticity. Continue on that. We, we left that about 20 minutes ago. Let's come back to it, shall we? <laughs> and eventually we'll get to the four agreements, I promise, Larry. Um, so the authenticity is... As I said, it's it's from the perspective of from where we are today. So my authentic self is going to be different today than it was yesterday, and it's going to be different to, tomorrow. Because my my understanding of my authenticity is going to change as to how I perceive my world, and my how I perceive my world is going to be based on how I perceive my past experiences. So I, I'm always experiencing my present and my future through the lens and filter of my past experiences. Now, if I haven't healed those aspects of myself, then I'm going to have this wounding that I'm bringing back because I'm looking through, seeing the future and my present through the lens of those experiences. And if I can heal those, then I'm going to have that perspective right so 
the more I grow, the more I heal, the my authenticity is going to become more and more aligned with uh, who who I'm pre- who I'm presenting to the outside world. So uh, Carl Rogers talks about the organismic self and becoming congruent with uh, with with the aspect of yourself that you're presenting outwards, right? Um, and that's so when we are looking at uh, our authentic selves in that conversation, uh, i.e., we're dropping two truth bombs, or you know, I'm, I'm just being my authentic selves. Always go back and say, well, am I really? What is it that? What aspect of authenticity is showing up today? Perhaps I'm placing my authenticity firmly in my shadow aspect of myself. Then the conversation is going to be very different from uh, if I'm placing the authenticity in my organismic self, right? And my the the soul aspect of myself. Um, so it is organic and it is changing with growth. And you know. Uh, as I said before, we we being being aware of when we're using authenticity as a defense mechanism, and we it's simply an excuse for being rude uh, or just not being conscious of our own process, because um, that is one of those blind spots that we have, you know, with in uh, for example in a spiritual bypass where we are. We think we are acting from a higher perspective or a higher uh, dimension, if, as it were. But in fact, we're acting from uh, our, our shadows. So just being able to question that without letting our entire, uh, our entire existence just fall down, it's okay. It's perfectly okay to uh, question your motives and question who you are in that particular situation and being able to say, you know what, that didn't feel good. How can I do this differently? And say, that was my best. And we come in to the foreground and say that, you know, we are able, we are only able to do our best at any given situation. So accepting how I showed up in that conversation and that interaction will then allow me to grow from it without shame or guilt and recognizing that that was simply the best I could do at that time. Um, so when we are, I mean, I use the four agreements in my, uh, in my life. Uh, you know, every day I make the four agreements with myself. Uh, to not take things personally, to not assume I know anybody else's story. And it's really important for me, uh, for someone who used to be really judgmental, in order to reduce my judgment and to be able to see people for their organismic self or their child version of themselves, uh, is to not assume their, I know their stories but rather to seek to engage with the stories and gain an understanding if they are available to me. Uh, If they're not, I accept that. Perhaps they're not ready to be revealed. 
If they are, then I accept, I, I, I welcome them with open arms because then I can connect with that person on a deeper level and we can then go on a journey together uh, where, wherever that journey is to take us, right? Um, and then not to take anything personally because anything that I say, think, or act is going to be based on my process and that is true for someone else for whomever I'm interacting with. So that process is going to be all about them. So if they're calling me an idiot, it's from their perspective and it's based on their process. So I don't need to take that personally because it's all about them having their experience and feeling that they need to say, you're an idiot. Okay, well, that's your perspective. If you think I'm an idiot, that's perfectly fine. I accept that. I don't agree with you. I don't think I am an idiot. But if you feel that way, I'm happy for you to have that opinion. Now, if you can share with me why you feel that you are at that stage, why you feel I'm an idiot, I'd be happy to let's go and have a conversation about that. Right? You're not escalating it. You're keeping it at a conscious level. You're keeping it. You're still holding your boundaries. But you are interacting and you're seeking to understand, you're seeking to have understanding, as we, we said before, that in my perspective, that is the ultimate goal of any conversation, any interaction is to have understanding. Also moving into any experience, hoping to be impeccable in our words, our thoughts, and our actions, then we can move through the experience with a with that calm and we can be aware of ourselves, right? So if we are able to move in or move through any experience, any interaction, knowing that we are seeking to, we have the intention to do so with impeccable actions, impeccable thoughts, and impeccable words, and that becomes our default position, then we can also start trusting ourselves in interactions in a different way. So once we can put that into practice, we can install a new system for living, to use one of the vision, Lacanis expressions. Um, and once we can kind of install that new belief system that we are able to do that, then we can uh, trust ourselves in those conversations and we don't we can keep uh, just be aware of uh, any triggers that come up. It becomes a much more gentle, more flowing experience for us individually. And of course, uh, the last point there on the four agreements to always do our best, right? So we we show up and we know that the only, I can only do my best. And my best today is going to be different from my best yesterday or best tomorrow. Uh, there's neither better nor worse. It's just the best uh, that I can do at that particular time. Uh, anything else is without my outside my reach. And accepting that then allows you to detach from the guilt and the, uh, uh, the uh, uh, shame that we may have in an interaction. If, if we say something that we shouldn't have or uh, or that we uh, regret that we said, uh, not that 
we should say should at any level. <laughs> um, the, those two other aspects to add to there, the, actually Larry brought to my attention is the uh, detaching from the expectation uh, of the other person agreeing with you or detaching from any expectation and just allowing it to be a fluid, uh, fluid experience. Uh, will allow us to move through it with flow. Um, and when we're looking at judgment, again, is a, a resistance to uh, connecting with someone. So judging them creates that separation between us. So if we can remove that judgment, will allow us to uh, have courageous conversations in a safe environment both for ourselves and for the people that are we are interacting with. So now, of course, when we are in these situations and we might find ourselves in a conversation that we expect, again, detach ourselves from the expectations, but a lot of times perhaps that's we move into a conversation with an expectation that it's going to be jovial and you know we're going to connect. And it turns out to not be that way. Perhaps we feel triggered uh, to the high heavens. Now, when that happens, if we have, if we are attached to the expectation that it was going to be an easy convivial, convivial uh, experience, uh, we might find ourselves in our heads, and we—it's difficult to catch ourselves. So as we are in this tumultuous experience of feeling triggered and the emotions are going up and we have this thought process just happening, we're feeling overwhelmed and so forth, just to install kind of the, the handbrake and say, okay, something is going on here. Let's just take a breath. And with that breath, just start observing ourselves and observing ourselves from a non-judgmental position that, okay, I'm having this experience, it's okay. What is this experience trying to teach me? Where is it coming from? And just having, holding that non-judgmental perspective of ourselves. Uh, so, you know, things to look out for, you know, is the conversation es escalating, all right? How can you de-escalate it? It only takes one person to de-escalate. takes two people to escalate. Right. Are you going into def uh, defensive mode or are you stating a position? Are you holding a boundaries or are you being defensive? Are we, you know, do you have rising emotions coming up? Are you moving into a state of where you need to win this conversation? These are all things that we need to uh, be aware of as they come up. So look out for those signs within yourself as you are moving through uh, conversations. Uh, because if you start escalating and the other person has no intention of in escalating, hopefully they're the ones de doing the de-escalation. But if they're not, then things can escalate very quickly. So we have to be, we always have to assume that we're the ones that are the ones that can de-escalate things. Because if you're both doing it, then you it's going to be beautiful. You're going to connect and you're going to have this beautiful experience together, right? Like uh, Michael was uh, 
explaining before with the uh, uh, separation from uh, the, the escalation. And it's uh, just showing up with that energy. Uh, if you have strong boundaries and you strong energetic boundaries and you move into a situation with that energy of acceptance, you can shift an entire room. Uh, like Michael was uh, expressing or explaining before. And it's a beautiful thing to experience and to see if you're aware of it, because it's, it just shifts instantaneously. It's uh, amazing. Um, so some strategies that we can employ, uh, and some of these things might feel a little weird when you first start using them, but I think they can uh, very easily become, uh, become part of your process and you can use these in uh, in business in your private uh, uh, your private interactions or whatever it might be but when you go into a conversation or an interaction set a mutual uh, intention if you know it's going to be a difficult conversation a courageous conversation where you're going to dive deep uh, and you're going to discuss something that is challenging, set that intention to that you don't necessarily need to agree with each other, but that you need to have an understanding for each, uh, for each other. And set the intention to try to be compassionate and accepting, and that you uh, try to hold empathy and hold space for each other, and that if things are escalating, perhaps have a uh, word that you use. And when you say that word, that you both know that you're going to take a five-minute pause, just five-minute silence and breathe or something like that. So set the intention so that you both know what to expect. And then someone might veer off of that path, but at least if you're holding to it, then you can keep it to that level and you can keep engaging and connecting, right? Um, and if you get pushback from someone, you know, start asking questions instead of making statements. If you start making statements, a lot of times that is a sign that we're being defensive. So instead of making statements, ask questions. If someone says, uh, well, you were being rude to me that one time. Instead of saying, no, I didn't, I didn't perceive it that way. I don't think I was. Then you're questioning the other person's uh, experience, right? So instead of doing that, perhaps ask the question, oh, interesting, you thought I was being rude. How, how did that come across? What, what, did, what was your feeling about that? What was about that experience that you thought I was being rude? Then you're engaging on a deeper level and you're engaging with the other person to understand them. And when people feel that you seek to understand them, they feel more open to being uh, vulnerable. All right? Uh, Always question our own motives. Why am I saying this? Why am I thinking this? Why am I doing this? Question the things that we can control. Show understanding and acceptance for each other. 
Now, we can't assume everybody's going to do that, so we show up with that. We show understanding and acceptance for everybody. We may not agree with everybody, but we can sure as heck fire understand them and accept them, or at least seek to understand them, but we can't accept them if we can hold that level of compassion for them. And if we don't understand something, ask questions. Don't make assumptions, ask questions. Questions are the best way to create understanding, create an environment of uh, growth. And so there, there is this story, which is kind of interesting. Oh, I don't know if it's a real story or it really happened, but it's, a, it's an example of how two opposing parties can come together and create something that they didn't think they were going to create. So you have the environmentalists and the jet setter who's sitting there having conversation about uh, the environment. And the jet setter suddenly wants to fly their private jet around the world and experience have their experiences. And the environmentalists want the uh, uh, air to be clean. Now, if we're stuck in our heads, the jet setter is going to be, well, I want to fly. So obviously taking the train across to Europe from America is not going to be a question. So I need to fly. Uh, so I'm going to fly. And the environmentalist doesn't like the flying because it's polluting the environment. So the environmentalist wants the jet setter to stop flying. Now we have a situation here where Yes, the environmentalist could understand that the jet setter wants to fly and the jet setter can understand that the environmentalist wants uh, the private jet to be grounded. Uh, so we can have an understanding. But now, what if these two people came together and said, well, what if we think of a bigger perspective here and create something that would allow you to fly and the environment to be clean? How about we create clean flying? Now we have a, a potential here for two opposing parties to create something together that solves both problems, as opposed to coming at it with uh, attachment to their lower level or the expectations that are coming from a lower vibrational state, uh, coming at it from a looking at it from a more uh, eagle eye, eagle's eye view, then we can solve it to everybody's satisfaction. But not having an attachment to the solution can then allow us to reach a solution because we're not attached to our own idea of the solution. So just a food for thought there. Um, and at the end of the day, have the intention to build bridges as opposed to expanding divides. And we've, uh, during this conversations, we, conversation, we have given some uh, tools to work with in order to build those bridges, like compassion, acceptance, and so forth. Um, so when it comes to courageous conversations, don't shy away from them. They're not dangerous. They are there to help you grow. They're there to help you connect. Uh, and yes, Michael, breathwork is super uh, important. Uh, I use that all the time myself. 
Um, and yeah, it's really about courageous conversations about moving ahead, moving forward together as humanity. Um, and knowing that if I seek to be the optimal version of myself, I can then show up as a role model in all my interactions with everybody else. Uh, I just, I think this was a, a great conversation. I think you did an amazing job on, uh, on not only kind of branching out, but then drawing it back into your, uh, to your start point. So this is really good. I appreciate Larry. Uh, Michael, thank you. I was reading Larry's uh, sign here. <laughs> thank you, Michael. I appreciate it. I also like very much the conversation. It's like on my on on the intuitive level, I think I'm, I understand those those things. But sometimes when I like to formulate it into sentences and really to write it down, it really helps me cement like not really like the feeling of it because I always like uh, in the in the past two months I battled I battled with the things that I understood but it didn't feel yet. But now it's like reversed. Like now the things that are natural to me, I understand that to other people it's not uh, as natural. And mm -hmm. if I want like to coach or like to to help others, like to really be, I can be compassionate. But if someone asks me how they can be more compassionate, I really need to put in the, into words and really like try to like like to relay the information that like I learned, even if it was like intuitively, mm -hmm. like really to relay the information or the knowledge for them to really to even if i wanted to like to like on different levels like to to try to explain it even to a five-year-old even to a, like a teen a 12-year-old even to an adult or even if it's like a, a someone in their in their 60s like different like levels of like uh, everything will be like through compassion but uh, it's still not, uh, and I think it's very helpful when you like talk about those things. You really like dove deep and really like not just understood them for yourself, but really like how to explain it to others. I think yeah, and it is helpful. it is one of those challenges when you are uh, when things come from your inner wisdom, right? So normally when you get knowledge. We, we acquire knowledge from the exter external perspective, right? Uh, reading, hearing, uh, whatever it might be. Um, so it comes in as knowledge. Now we can intellectualize it, but we don't quite feel it. We don't, it's not quite wisdom yet. It's only when we move that knowledge into our inner knowing and our uh, inner experience that it becomes wisdom. Now, as you point out, the challenge is when it comes from your inner wisdom and for you to then bring it up to your, your mind and to be able to intellectualize it and systemize it, systematize it in order to express it and convey it to someone else. Um, absolutely. And uh, Yeah, I agree. It's, it's like kind of like two, it's like two ways, like be like, like everyone, like the cliche, like be always the, like the student. Like every yeah. every time, like learn and gain the knowledge, but to be a teacher is like a totally different skill. Like to give that knowledge is like a different like set of skills and different like uh, maybe strategies that one could like make and uh, like uh, work with clients or like with 
uh, even not like patient, but really like friends or like family or like different people, like if you want to help them. But if like you're, you're talking nonsense and they're like can't understand you, not because they can't understand you, but because you can't like formulate it, then it becomes like a skill that, that it's need to be like worked on. And uh, I think absolutely, uh, and I think that comes over time. But one one suggestion I can give you is when you're in meditation, for example, ask yourself how how would it feel if I was able to formulate this wisdom so that others can understand? Because mm -hmm. yeah. oftentimes when we have that inner wisdom come up, uh, we're like, oh, you know, we're euphoric because we have this eureka moment, right? And we want to share yeah. it with the world. Um, but it's at such a high level that people aren't ready for it yet, right? Uh, mm -hmm. So just asking yourself that kind of open-ended question will allow uh, allow your mind to process it and spit out a solution for you. Yeah, spit out like an answer from like my subconscious, like or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Because your your brain, if you ask open-ended questions your brain doesn't like the loose ends it doesn't like the open-endedness so it's mm -hmm. going to try to come up with a solution for you so you just ask that question and allow it to come to you right mm -hmm. um, but it's um yeah no and it, it is interesting when you have those experiences and it's uh and sometimes you just have to trust that the people that are going to understand what you're saying are going to show up uh you know that one saying i've used a lot is that you know pain is inevitable suffering is optional a lot of people are triggered by that and i've had uh, conversations with a lot a lot of people that may not be on this kind of or this path as it were um and they simply can't understand it uh, now for me i i i feel it deeply so therefore, it's natural to me, but I have to accept that not everybody's going to understand it, and some people are going to be uh, triggered by it, right? Yeah, you know, the, the, the cool part is that you get, uh, you know, <clears throat> whether or not someone is in the capacity in that moment to, to receive what you're sharing yeah. is, is irrelevant in the sense that because even if they're not accepting of it there's a seed that's planted yeah right and so that may that may have been the only piece that you had to do in that thing and it may form out 20 years from now yeah. and they'll have their aha moment right but you know we all have a our journey and a process and there's the ebbs and the flows and i fully agree with you with that suffering is a choice and 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 there was a time when i when i lived from a different perspective and and probably wouldn't have received that very well because all the all oh, like <laughs> i yeah. probably have, would have uh, given myself some uh, lip service like who do you think you are um yeah no absolutely and we i suppose we accepting that we have those different journeys uh is part part of the, my experience anyway yeah that's true well and one of the things that i gained throughout my process too was this understanding that um you know when you get the lesson the charge disappears mm -hmm. absolutely and that that is exactly what like i was saying before you separate the emotion from the memory that's when you've uh, that's when you've uh, moved into a state of gratitude because you understand what the experience was teaching you exactly right. 
So now yeah. you're separating those and you can bring back, you can evoke the memory without the emotion. Yeah, exactly. And it, and it actually comes back with a sense of gratitude that thank you for allowing me to experience that. Well, and the cool part with that though, too, is, is when, when you get to a state then where even as it's happening, as a thing is, is occurring real time, right. That, that you move into that state of gratitude, because even if you don't know how it's helping you, you know, it is yeah. inevitably helping you. And so then, then you get into this position of like, Oh, that's interesting. wonder how I can use that. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. My dear friends, I'm going to love you and leave you. I have a meeting in six minutes. I have to attend to. So, um, I appreciate everybody staying on for so long. It's uh, been a marathon uh, session, this one, but uh, flies by in my perspective in a way. And uh, yeah, thank you all for bringing your inquisitiveness, bringing your best energies and uh, your beautiful selves. And, uh, and uh, have a wonderful, beautiful week until then. See you next one. Even though we had a couple of uh, instances of veering off topic here, um, all the, these topics do intertwine, they do blend into each other. So um, there's always something to be ga gained from uh, uh, these conversations as they veer off into uh, left field, as it were. So the reason, as you can see, for building a practice and building up a skill set, having courageous conversations, is because when we are in that situation it is like juggling and spinning plates at the same time observing your own triggers being able to manage your own thought process your words your actions and at the same time being able to uh, have empathy for the person you're talking to trying to analyze and understand where they're coming from when we're stuck in our own heads and really only concerned about defending ourselves from the perspective of our core wounding of course that we are going to build that division between ourselves and others because we create separation and the skill is then to bridge that gap and to be able to understand who you are in that conversation and who the other person or the other people are in that conversation too if you are interested in developing your skill set further in terms of holding these courageous conversations with uh, uh, your family, friends and uh, colleagues, uh, then certainly uh, visit us at thealchemyexperience.co.uk. Click on the link for the 30-minute uh, free consultation to exp let us explore how we might be able to assist you in that process. At the end of the day, it's all about building better relationships and deeper connections with all the people around you.